Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Millmine, and this is episode 162, The Boyfriend Sweater Curse. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the Shiny Bees Knitting Podcast. I am Jo, I'm your host and I'm back with you today to chat all things the boyfriend sweater curse. Today is Tuesday the 3rd of November 2020. How are you? I hope you've been well since last time I spoke to you. Things have deteriorated markedly since last time I spoke to you. We were in tier three, now we're about to head face first, triple somersaulting into another Bojo lockdown. So yeah, not that much difference. Not like I go out that much anyway for me, but you know, I wouldn't mind seeing people every now and again. Don't want to lick anyone, just like maybe stand a little bit near them. Not too near, obvs. Um, so yeah, Blah. But I'm back again, as I say, and today I'm going to be talking about the sweater curse for a very particular reason. So, grab your brie, grab your knitting, and we will crack on with the show. The sweater curse then, have, have you heard of it? I always assume that everyone's heard of anything and you might not even have heard of this as a thing, but I was inspired to talk about the sweater curse today. I don't think I've really spoken about it too much before on the podcast because I'm not entirely convinced it exists, but also because I, on occasion, suffer from a bit of a criminally deficient attention span when it comes to knitting large garments, in particular, the sort of large garment that might fit one's husband. So the sweater curse, if you're not familiar, or the boyfriend sweater curse, as it's sometimes called, or the curse of the love sweater, is a term used by knitters to describe the belief that if a knitter gives a hand-knitted sweater to a significant other, it will signal the end of the relationship and lead to the recipient breaking up with the knitter. Sometimes that might mean that the relationship will even break up before the sweater is finished. And apparently in a 2005 poll, 15% of active knitters said that they had experienced the sweater curse firsthand and 41% considered it a possibility that should be taken seriously. Thank you for that wiki. So it's a superstition effectively, or it might be real. We're not sure, you know, flat earth might be real and all that, but apparently the existence of the phenomenon is anecdotal and it may be related to confirmation bias. As in, you might remember if you'd spent bloody ages knitting a sweater for someone, spent a ton of money on yarn, spent a load of time making it, thought about it, you know, sat there for hours and then they didn't, not only did they not like like it and wear it and think you were brilliant, but they chinned you off as well, then of course you're going to remember that. Like, it's going to be quite traumatic, I think. But there are, you know, very, 
a number of proposed like ways that this sweater curse may manifest itself. So some people think it might be because of unlucky timing and sweat, knitting a sweater takes so long, a jumper takes so long that the relationship just dies in the meantime, runs its course before you've finished it. I mean, how many, how many whips have you got lying around that have been there for like eight years, you know? Could easily, easily, you know, go through a couple, couple of relationships by that point, maybe more. Some people say that the knitter subconsciously thinks, you know, senses that the relationship might be coming to an end and the sweater is like a way of rescuing it. I mean, well, why would you do that when, you know, people think it is real? <laughs> like, if you think it's, it's going west, I'd spend the money on yarn for my own jumper, thank you. But there we go. And um, what it might do is cause the, the, the recipient to evaluate the relationship. It's quite a big commitment of time, money and, and effort and love. And, you know, they might think it's all getting a little bit too serious. Maybe they don't want to wear anything hand-knitted. Or they don't want to wear it because they think it looks bad and they'd just rather get rid of the knitter than get rid of the jumper. It might be easier to get rid of the knitter than get rid of the jumper if you've spent ages knitting it. And um, it, it might be that the knitter just gets so into the knitting after knitting this jumper that they haven't got time for thinking about their love interest because they're too busy looking at yarn, looking at patterns and spending all of their time knitting and doing other things. So there are many reasons why the boyfriend sweater curse or the sweater curse, or curse of the love sweater may exist. And the reason I'm talking about it today is because in my, my knitting, my planned knitting, my next projects thing, plan, I'm going to finally knit my husband a sweater, a jumper, as we call it in the north, a jumper. And the reason why I've not knitted him one before now is because he is massive. I've knitted him some socks. It took forever. He's got that size 11 feet, not the biggest feet you can get, but still very big when you've got a short attention span and it's your fingers that are being worked to the bone that's a lot of stocking stitch to get through he is a very grateful recipient of knitwear and he wears it dutifully and he wore holes in the socks basically so he couldn't carry on wearing them anymore because they needed to be all sort of stitched up because obviously he's got big stinky man feet and needs stronger socks basically than those ones very nice though and he wears his hat I've knitted him a few hats he'll wear those knitted him a scarf he wears that it's dead good and every now and again he will ask when I'm going to knit a garment for him obviously he sees me wearing my collection of lush cardigans in every color on the children may be wearing some of their stuff and he, you know, he, he's very good about it. He doesn't bang on about it because he knows that won't work. But he, he does say, well, I'd, I'd really like a jumper, you know, like your knitting's really good. I would really love a jumper. So prompted because I, I, I'm a bit like on a whim like this. He's been asking for ages. We've been married for what, 12 years this year, December, 12 years, grueling gruelling years so we've probably been together about 14 15 years God, forever 
it's got to be time for a new model. Anyway, um, only joking, darling. He listens to this while he's away. So, and he's, he's buggered off basically back to work in, in overseas. So he's not here now. So I've nothing else to do at night other than the piles of domestic duties and everything else. So I'm going to knit him this jumper. And it was prompted by an occasion. He's quite funny, but every now and again, he does surprise me by being even funnier. And on this recent trip back, we were having this discussion and we watched this uh, video of the food of my people, basically. I'm from Wigan originally, and I don't live there now, but I'm absolutely, definitely 100% Wiganese, like grew up in WN1 Wiganese. So the food of my people is, is like important. And my husband is a dirty southerner. I know, I know. I only married him to breed out some of the shortness, okay? Everybody up north is small. The reason why you're, you're small up north is because if you were my ancestors and you worked in a, a mill, right, you get decapitated if you're too big. You get your head knocked straight off by, by a spinning jenny, right? You, you're working down a coal mine, get a bad back if you're too tall. And, you know, it's not like we had any nutrition or anything. Everything was beige food. Everyone was small, right? I'm small. My dad's like five foot four, five foot five. I'm five foot two. My brother's about five eight. My mum's four foot eleven, right? We are small. And everyone always says, I imagine you being really tall in my head. You've got a tall voice. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm wee. I'm like five foot two. My husband is six foot three. So he is massive and he's got massive shoulders. He's like really tall and slim, but really big shoulders. Um, that is a lot of knitting, isn't it? It's a lot of knitting. Anyway, we were talking about the food of my people. So I'm, I'm Wiganese and there was this video, I think it was on Joe, our old lad Bible, and it was a scouser. So someone from Liverpool had come to Wigan and gone to a chippy. I'm very familiar with the chippy, the trawlerman, and um, had decided he was going to try some of the local cuisine. So the first thing this guy, and it's basically a carb fest, coma of beige carbness. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, right? So the first thing he tried was a Wigan kebab. Um, if you're not familiar with what a Wigan kebab is, it is a meat and potato pie. So meat and preta, as it's called. Meat and preta pie. And that is placed inside a balm cake, right? It's a balm cake. It's not a muffin. It's not a bap. It's not a cob. It's not any of those things, right? It's not a freaking bread roll, right? It's a balm cake. There's no cake in it, but it's a balm cake. Right? Don't argue with me. It's a balm cake. I'm having none of it, right? Because balm cake, bread roll, bap, cob, whatever, muffin, causes loads of problems up here. But it is it's a bread roll, right? And you cut it, put butter on it, marge, obviously, because it's the north, and then you put a pie inside it. That's it. And then you eat it inside the pie, pie sandwich, basically. Wigan kebab. That's what it's called, wigan kebab. So bless him, he's a southerner and he look he looks at me because he's he learned about pies, right? I taught him about pies very, very early on in our relationship because he's got to get used to the pies. The pie coefficient, the number of pie shops per capita in Wigan is ridiculous, right? So he's got to get used to the fodder. And he was really into it. I took him to Green Ulches, which is not spelt with a ch, 
is spelt with a GH, but we call it green alches, even though it should be green holes, if you're pronouncing it right. But we're not, because we're from the north. We're from Wigan, right? We don't pronounce anything right. Everyone's got a speech and language problem in Wigan, according to my husband. <laughs> and, um, yeah, took him to the pie shop and he was just enthralled. He's like, I can't believe you can get like your entire lunch and a cake for a fiver. This is amazing. Um, so he's very familiar, loves loves the pie shop. Green Alches is his favourite. But he just looked at me like with utter disgust. He's like, your people do this? Like you put a, you have a pie and then you put it inside a bam. He calls it a bam cake as well. A bam cake? <laughs> yes, dude. Look at the scoser, he's loving it. So the scoser then moves on to the next thing, which is a babby's yed. Um, and my husband's now familiar with Babby's Yeds because I also introduced him to these thinking he would really like them. But it turns out he's not a fan of suet pastry. Now, a Babby's Yed is a steamed suet pastry pudding. And inside of the pudding, there is steak or steak and kidney mix. And then the outside is is suet. So it's like this kind of really doughy, heavy, damp pastry that it comes in. But it looks like a baby's head when it's on the tray so we call it babby's yet that's how they pronounce it babby's yet so he again finds this hilarious he's like honey honey are you getting a babby's yet <laughs> and he pulls the face when he's doing doing the accent as well he's very sweet so this goes to tries this as well amazing Be- again truly beautiful thing recommend it if you're in the north and um and then the next thing that we're talking about was smack balm pay wet smack balm pay wet is a potato, slice of potato, put in batter, deep fried, right? You take that out, you put it on a balm cake. Remember, guys, it's a balm cake. It's not a cob. It's not a bread roll. It's not a muffin. It's not a bap. It's none of those things, right? It's a balm cake. The smack goes on the balm cake and then pay wet is the juice off mushy peas. Now, if you've done your mushy peas, right, there ain't no juice, right? Is they not runny. It's just like stodge if you've done them right. So essentially what you get is just a, a thinner amount of peas, like a bit less peas, mushy peas, um, but they're for free, right? So you don't pay for pay wet. You don't pay for pay wet. Don't pay for pay wet. Um, they come for free. So it's this is like quite a cheap treat. Like if you're a kid, you'd get smack bam pay wet because it's cheaper than buying a tray of chips or fish and chips. So he's just mind blown. His little southern brain is dribbling out of his ears like he can't cope. I mean, this is the man, right? I only found this out after we got married. He puts balsamic bloody vinegar on his chips. The dirty sod. Balsamic on chips? Oh, I feel like an extra from Peter Kay. Savage. Oh, my word. Anyway, so we're talking in the car about the food of my people. And I turns around to my, and I call him Millie. His name's not Millie, but I call him Millie. That's what I know him as from, from when we first met. His name's not Millie. And um, I was like, so, so Millie, what's a wig and kebab? Like testing his knowledge if he remembers. And he turns around and looks at me and in full Northern just goes, it's belting. And that was it, you know, like I literally fell in love with him all over again. I could look past the balsamic vinegar, absolute debauchery. What's a balsamic? Who's even got balsamic in? Let alone putting it on your chips. Good grief. 
But I, I look past that. Look past the fact he was born south of, of the Watford Gap, right? And I fell in love with the guy all over again. And so now he's getting, now he's getting his jumper. So that is how, via a wig and kebab, <laughs> Babby sheds my bam pay wet. Lots of beige carbs. Um, he's ended up scoring himself my committed effort to making him a jumper. But of course, it's going to be a jumper that I want to make. So we will get onto that now, basically. And I'll do the shout outs and everything else after. So in knitting, what I'm going to do, because I mean, obviously I could ask him what to pick which one he wants, but that would be too much fun for him. And I always have to remind him that, you know, I just, like the little kind of things that I do just to wind him up. This is another one of them. So he want he wants a jumper and I've picked a jumper for him. So I've not let him pick one. I've picked one myself. And he gets hot, so there's no point making him anything iron or above, but it's absolutely and 100% called for because he wears, like when he buys clothes in the shop, he buys XL because he's just massive. Otherwise, it looks like he's got some kind of, you know, tank top, not tank top, crop top thing going on. Um, and his shoulders are really big, so he has to buy, buy like, bigger sizes. So he, he wears an XL, which is, like, a lot of knitting. So I decided, if you've got these lovely shoulders, you may as well show them off. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to knit a colour work. going to knit a colour massive colour work jumper in DK. So I'm not going I'm not going completely crazy. I'm doing it in DK. Still a lot of bloody knitting. And I'm going to knit him for fuck's sake. <laughs> so passive aggressive. But it just sums up everything about putting balsamic vinegar on chips, quite frankly. So for fuck's sake, which is a pattern that I've featured in one of the pattern picks before. It's Maxime Sia Sir? is how you say his surname. And um it's awesome. So it's basically got these little foxes around the, the yoke. It's a colourwork yoke and it's got these foxes with these little little glasses on, little square glasses all around the yoke. So I'm like, well, if you're going to have a jumper, you're going to have a silly one, aren't you? And it's really cool. It's quite quirky. And he's massive. So, you know, it's, you take him to school and he's like a foot taller than everyone else in the playground. It's ridiculous. The parents, not just the kids. And um, I thought this would be good. You know, if you're going to like be noticed, you may as well be noticed in your knitwear, right? So I've been looking at what to knit it in because it's a DK pattern and Obviously, it's going to take a load of yarn, it's like 1,200 yards of yarn or something, which potentially could be, with hand-dyed, easily like a 150 quid jumper by the time you've got all the different colours and everything else. And I'm probably going to have to extend the body, I'd imagine, a little bit for him because he's super tall. So I have been looking at some West Yorkshire Spinners yarn. The yarn the pattern calls for is uh, Madeline Tosh. And I had considered doing it in Nurturing Fibres Super Twist DK and ordering some of that in from South Africa, but I'm not sure if it will get here and how long it will take. And the post in South Africa is, is pretty rubbish at the best of times. And obviously I need like larger amounts. I need it sort of dyed to order for the bigger amounts. So I decided to kind of slide that till next time I go to South Africa and then I can order some more yarn, right? Let's think ahead, think positive. And instead, I would look at some more local and um, 
a little bit more cost-effective yarn. So I've been looking at the West Yorkshire spinners. I really like West Yorkshire spinners. Some the some of the the Airedale is a little bit scratchy. I find personally, but it looks brand new. It never wears. So it's kind of worth the trade-off, I feel. But I've been looking at West Yorkshire Spinners Croft DK, which is a 100% Shetland yarn. That's pretty affordable comparatively. It's £9.50 per 100 grams. Obviously, I went for something like acrylic. It would be a lot cheaper than that, but I don't want to knit him an acrylic jumper because he would definitely smell like a sweaty dog, I think, um, from wearing the acrylic. So I want a proper wool jumper if I'm going to put that much time into it. So Norby is the shade I've been looking at. It's quite a dark petrol blue. He really suits that colour because he's a silver fox these days. And I can get the three colours, but the colour the fox's face is orange and they don't do an orange. They do a yellow, but not an orange. I don't think I can put the yellow in the jumper. I think he'll look a bit ill. And I'm a little bit unsure as to what because it's colour work and because I'm matching something with a hundred percent Shetland yarn. I'm a little bit like, I'm not really sure what would be a good thing to sub in for this without trying a load of them, which is obviously going to mean having to get balls of yarn and samples and test it. So I was a bit like, okay, I can either make the fox less orange, that'll be far less fun, or I could try a different one. So I've also been looking at the illustrious West Yorkshire Spinners, illustrious, which is 70% Falkland, 30% alpaca. He's not allergic to alpaca, so I think this will be good. And I really like Falkland wool. That's 9.95 per 100 grams, so in the same ballpark. And that could be quite a nice option. And they do have some slightly more toned down versions. They've got a really great orange, and that's in the Aaron. And again, the orange in the DK is a little bit yellowy, but it's I feel like it's far easier to substitute something for a 70-30 wool alpaca because there are lots of different yarns that spring to mind immediately that I could swap in for that. So I'm a bit less worried about doing that. There's no steaking or anything on it, so it should, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. So that's that's kind of a front runner at the moment as well i also considered doing it in the uh wensleydale yarn so the gems yarn uh, again quite bright colors because if you're going to make him wear a jumper may as well make him wear something bright um but they're almost all out of stock there's a lot of people that don't have any in stock and it's off the west yorkshire spinners website as well so i don't know if there's been obviously some covid related spinning delay or what i have no idea whether they're just discontinuing the yarn i'm not sure but yeah so that not not the wensleydale because i feel like it would be cool for him to have like a unusual sweater design with an unusual a more unusual breed of yarn and He's quite big and clumsy and he needs something that will wear better. I'm definitely not doing it in any kind of buttery merino nonsense because you know he's going to end up taking all the bobbles off his jumper for him. So, yeah. But I'm a bit concerned. Like, what about what if I finish this bloody massive jumper and then he buggers off? What am I going to do? Who's going to lift things out of the top cupboard for me? That's all I've got him for is so that I don't need don't need a step stool in the kitchen, innit? So... <laughs> 
He's going to be furious when he's listening to this, bless it. So, yeah, um, that's what I'm working on with that, for fuck's sake. It's called It's $10 Canadian. It's available on Ravelry if you want to go and check it out. It's really cool. The other thing that I am about to cast on, because I like to go from one extreme to the other, is a um, Curious Handmade Shawl. My dear, dear, dear pal, Helen. It's a really old one of hers, actually. It is Glitz at the Ritz. It's a free pattern and it's a beaded shawl, but it's a one skein pattern originally designed for the Juno Alice. So the 70% alpaca, I think it was, and then silk and cashmere, I think was in it. So it was super luxe. And I don't have any of that, but I do have some Eden Cottage Yarns Beadel 4-ply, which is 50% baby yak and 50% silk. I've had it for ages. It was a gift from Victoria. And I've got these aqua, not aqua borealis, aurora borealis beads that I found in stash. And I thought I could put these together and that would be super, super festive, you know, like fun and nice and twinkly and I love beaded knitting so this could be a great option so I'm going to also be looking at casting that on. I am going to save that I think for a knit along. I'm going to host a knit along I think. Yeah I think I've written it on my pad so I'm going to do it and just yeah because it's dark and everyone's already painted and gardened and done everything else they can do at home not that I'm going to necessarily be at home because I'll be able to go to my office but uh, yeah I just want something delicious and joyful so I'm calling it the delicious little joys Carl I haven't checked the the hashtag yet but I'm assuming there's not going to be anyone using that particular combination of words um, with the idea being that just knit whatever you want in whatever you want, but make it something delicious and exciting. Preferably add some biscuits into the mix. One of my current favourites is the the dark treacle Sainsbury's. It's not be good to yourself. It's the naughty. Taste the difference. Taste the calories. <laughs> it's they do one. It's a dark treacle oat biscuit. The the lush. The great with the Roy Boss. I would recommend that as a delicious little joy. I like a square of ninety percent chocolate as a delicious little joy. I like the odd club. If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuits, join up. Mint clubs only, not orange. And um. I just thought this, it would be nice to try and go and look for delicious little joys every day. Like, what's your delicious little joy? What can you spoil yourself with today? It doesn't have to be food, although crack on if it is. Um, but it's about kind of like treating yourself and finding ways to make yourself feel good, whether it's through a walk or it's a couple of, you know, rows of knitting or I've started to get up early. That's such a blowhard, I know get up early before the kids get up and I make a cup of tea and I read my book and I get up early just to do that because I feel like the first and most important thing in my day has been my brew and me doing something for me that's a delicious little joy so yeah that's my plan delicious little joys knit what you want with what you want whatever pattern you want but the the, the thing that ties it all together is finding a, a delicious little joy. That isn't putting balsamic vinegar on your chips. It's not. Anything else but balsamic chips is fine. 
Um, and I'm going to be hosting that over in the Mighty Networks group. You can come join us. It's free. It's shinybees.com forward slash community. And then I will let you in and we'll put all the chat in there. Obviously, if you want to share your works in progress or anything on social, you can do with that hashtag delicious little joys and um, your treats, share your treats. I'm really interested in the treats because then I can get some ideas to give myself more treats and hopefully we can spread a little bit of good cheer and fun with that. The other thing I'm going to facilitate and I'll again put details in the Mighty Networks, the Shiny Bees Podcast Club. You can find me in the club. <laughs> Weird mood tonight, aren't I? Uh, is we're going to do a little swap, little swap because we're, you know, obviously locked up again for another month. I thought it might be fun to do a postcard swap nobody's traveling anywhere are they anytime soon and maybe some kind of like postcard swap maybe an ornament swap or a bauble swap because obviously if you want to do a christmas ornament you can but if not if you don't celebrate christmas or you don't want to do a swap for that you can some other little hanging trinket will be perfectly adequate so i'll put some more details in probably the next episode and i'll put it over in, in the podcast group when that's all organised because the kids only went back to school today. So I'm still a little bit like, ah, to the point where I had everything packed and organised and then forgot the water bottles and they've come out of school. One of them's brought no water bottle home and the other one's not brought the lunchbox home. It's like day one. Yeah. So yeah. So I'll put the the gen for the, the little swapsies also over in the community. So do you come and join us over there? and join in with the chat it's, it's good it's good i like it it's really fun so yeah that is about half the stuff i had planned to talk about but clearly i had opinions with a capital o about boyfriend sweaters and balsamic vinegar on chips and balm cakes so i can't i cannot i cannot wait for the backlash on social about this whole balm cake thing <laughs> man designed a knitting pattern for a balm cake the knitted balm cake. It would have to be crochet though. The crocheters are way better at like anything remotely comedy. So yeah, I'm going to basically roll over half my content to next week, but that means I've got a head start, doesn't it? The one thing I'm not going to do is forget to do a shout out and I have a couple of shout outs this week before we wrap up. The first one is to Kezia Green. Hello, Kezia. Been having a good little chat with her this week. New listener recently come back to knitting, listened to The Guilty Feminist and then somehow got on to me. Lovely, lovely to have you with us. Hope I'm not too much of a disappointment to you, Kezia. And the other one is to Nicola Nolan, the official back catalogue queen of the Shiny Bees podcast, who I love dearly. She's an absolute superstar. Nicola has, has now completed the back catalogue which means somebody else is going to have to tell me when I've done some content before because I can't literally can't remember it. I should probably listen to my own back catalogue. But Nicola and Kezia, lots of love to both of you. Absolute legends. That's all I've got for you this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and all of the carbs. I bet we're all at least three stone heavier from listening to that Wiganese food. I'll put links to all of this, including the random video if you want to go and watch this really confused skyser, eat some beige food. In the show notes, you'll be able to find the show notes at shinybees.com forward slash 162. And that's that. 
Happy crafting, have a great week and I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. All of that northern fodder can be found for sale at the Trollerman in Wigan. Great chip shop. If you'd like to leave a review for the podcast... You can do so on any of your favourite podcatchers of choice on iTunes or on Podchaser. If that's alright.